Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Oh, I just got an oxytocin hit. Oh, you could have shown it on camera. That's very apt since we're talking about oxytocin and some other neurotransmitters today. Today's episode is 10 ways that we can boost our feel-good brain chemicals without, without using drugs or that Introduced kind of elements. Yes, we can do it na- healthily and naturally. Um, yes. So before we get into that, Nick, I have something very important to tell you. I've been meaning to tell you the last- They get, they get my oxytocin. Bioxytocin. And um, (laughs) I've been meaning to tell you the last couple of weeks, but I keep forgetting. My my irrational phobia of spiders seems to have disappeared. Abated. Abated after decades of it being there. I like it. Has this Which, been a conscious thing, or it just, this- it just? Well, I said to said to you before when we've spoken about this, my arachnophobia, because I would literally like I be, I, I become like I don't know what I become. I become this thing around a big spider that that's not. I would. It's not. It's definitely not man. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we and I said to you, I've worked years ago. I did some work around it. Like I really wanted to just dive into my subconscious and work on it. And, and I think maybe, you know, sometimes the subconscious, just things take time to just click and all of a sudden they just click into gear, right? Because what happened, and there was, there was these events from my past where like, <laughs> I don't know if I was told this story, but I went back to a memory when I was doing this work years ago when I was young and there was a huntsman in the backyard and um, I was like a little bit scared as a kid you know, I don't know how old I was, very young though, but I was a bit scared as a kid because a big huntsman when you're a kid looks massive, you know? And so I called mum and mum comes out to the backyard and mum's like, oh, it's just a spider, don't worry about it. And she got a stick and went to like, you know, either poke it or move the spider. But as soon as she did it, the spider started crawling up the stick and she freaked out and threw the stick right at me <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> so I've got this huntsman like this coming at young Ryan. Like it looked like a giant bloody massive animal coming at me. Anyway. Well, I'm, I'm not a, ther- I'm not a therapist, but um, I, <laughs> oh, hang on. Yes, I am. So th- I wonder whether that would have been the initial sensitizing events that they created the, uh, yeah, and that's the right. thing. I, I, I worked on that. And there was another event when I went to get into my mum's car and there was one on the, on the back seat. And it's so funny because our memory is very subjective. It's not real. Yeah, yeah. But in my mind, it, it looked like the huntsman took up the entire back seat. <laughs> <laughs> like this thing was... Is, is, is that blowing things out of proportion? A oh, 100%. 100%. Um, anyway, what happened? We... And this has still been... I've still... We've spoken about this, that I have this irrational fear. And so we moved to Chiang Mai for those for two months. And um, we were in a very jungly area. And it was kind of my irrational fear was coming out, even though I never saw a spider. I'm like, oh, we're in a jungly area. This is like a, this house is kind of built of wood and everything. I'm going to see fucking spiders here. And I was kind of preparing myself for it and it never happened. Can, can you, can you, can you hear how distorted your mind was? Yes. Then? Yes. This Good. has been okay. my big phobia my whole life, Nick. Anyway, yeah. we spent two months in Chiang Mai. I'd never see a spider. We come back to Samui. Anyway, 
we uh i at this new place we're staying at i open up the curtains and there's like you know how you have your block out curtains and there's like those curtains behind that you can still see through but they shield a bit of the light yeah yeah and the um sheer curtains yeah yeah and i think mel yeah mel saw it she opened the curtains and she's like oh babe there's a big fucking spider on the on the curtains kind of thing and so she took tommy out of the room and i'm like oh i'll deal with it but i was kind of a little bit conscious and i'm like I haven't got this same fear reaction. Anyway, I go in, I kind of knock it off the curtains a bit and just hit it with a shoe and that. And then I came out and I'm like, oh, it's taken care of. And Mel goes, what? I didn't hear any screaming. I didn't hear any yelling. I didn't hear you, you know, yelling at the spider, calling it a demon and and all that kind of (laughs) stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's really weird. And then like a week later, I wake up in the morning, I'm half asleep and I go to step from my bedroom into the, the ensuite and it's kind of dark and I step over something and I'm like, oh, what's that? Another, another giant fucking huntsman thing. I nearly stepped on it. And once again, I'm like, oh, and I just went and grabbed like a book or something and whacked it and put it outside. And I'm like, what is going on with me? Like, I'm not getting this fear response. And then the final one, and this is even crazier. I, I get up, a, a might've been this week and I come into this exact room that I'm in. But once again, when I get up, it's still dark and I can see something on the wall. And this is, this is a big spider, <laughs> like fucking big, big, big as big or bigger than my hand. And so I, I think I see it and I turn on the light and yeah, it is. And so I looked at it and it started to move and it was kind of moving towards the, the window and the door and what I've done, I've opened all the curtains in the door and I've ushered it outside. I didn't even kill it. And I let it go back outside and then went, all right, see you later. And I'm just sitting here and it's just such a foreign experience for me because I'm like, I'm just normally if I see like on the wall spider, my whole heart is like jumping out of my chest and I'm freaking out. Don't, don't, don't you, can I, can I intervene as a therapist here? Intervene, Nick. Uh, can I put my therapist hat on and analyze you for a minute? Please analyze me. So we have a tool in here and it's it's in the past I dot 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 but now I dot dot dot. So you just said the word normally. Normally I would, but mm. you're trying to create a separation between the version of you that had a phobia and the version of you that now has a liberated mind because it doesn't have an irrational belief that's getting triggered by external stimulus. Yeah. So that was a, a great example where you could have said. In the past, I would have blah, 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 but now I just ushered it out and acted very humanely for another living creature and lived in harmony with my natural environment. It was such a weird thing. I remember I like I, I, it, I let it open the door and I'm like, I was even talking to it going, go on, mate, you can go outside. Like, I can see that's what you want to do. And it crawled up under a corner of the awning here. And then as I shut the door and locked it, I really had to look at myself in the mirror and I was like, well, who am I? Who is this man? What have I become? Um, so did, did you just, did you, because you jumped straight back into your story then. So <laughs> everything I said was not acknowledged. No, but it's gone. Before. It's gone. Like, I feel like it's gone. I, so but the point of what I said was, can you, can you go back and reframe it and say, in the past, I would have, but now I dot, dot, dot. In, in the like- past... I would have gone into just a massive fear reaction and my whole body would have started to panic and I would and and I would have I I would have needed it to die because I I couldn't I couldn't handle the fact that there was a huntsman out there. 
Um, yeah. do, do you know what happened though? Sorry, this is irrational thinking again. <laughs> but I still couldn't help myself as I ushered it outside and went like, "Be free, you know, God's creation, you little creature." And then just before I shut the door, I looked at it and just went, "Stay away from my fucking family as well." And then I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm compassionate, but I have my limits. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you, Nick. It's, it's really interesting because that's something that I've had for 30 years of my life. And it's very, uh, yeah, liberating was the word that you used. I feel very, very liberated yeah, yeah, not well, to have, you have to. A liberate, you, have, you have a liberated mind, which means it's free of those distortions. It's, it's not, hmm. you're, you're not looking at reality through. Uh, a distorted lens you're you're living in the reality of what is and the reality of what was that man steps over spider i'm not in danger it's not it doesn't have a semi-automatic you know pistol hiding in its <laughs> eighth leg it doesn't you know it's not launching at my face and coming out with gnashing teeth it's just man steps over spider da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, and it's very liberating. It's like with any fears that we have, it's not just, and like what I was saying like when I was in Chiang Mai, so whatever we're really afraid of, you know, that tends to rule our life because all of a sudden I'm in Chiang Mai and there's not a spider present, yet I'm thinking about there being a spider present. So not only not only are the moments that spiders are around ruining my life, the moments that they aren't, but I think that they might be ruining my life. They're not quite ruining your life. I like that's, to be traumatic. That, 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 that's a bit inflated as well, Ryan. No, but it is. Um, no, but it is because in that moment that I'm they like, they weren't ruining your life. They were they were having an impact on your day. Um, they weren't ruining your life. To to me, it is. If I'm sitting there, you, in, you in have the, a good life. In, in the I have a very good life. In the jungle, if I'm sitting there. And the there, spider's is, ruining your good life, is it? No, I'm ruining my life. You're ruining. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Because instead of sitting in the jungle in this beautiful house that was handmade out of wood and going, wow, this place is fantastic, I'm going, fuck, is there going to be a spider in here? So I, I, my irrational fear of spiders in those moments were ruining my life. And now, right. Nick, I can say that I'm free. Well, uh, congratulations to you, sir. I'm very proud of you and the, the work that you've done. That's the thing. I, that's could, the thing. I didn't really. I feel like I didn't do anything. It just happened. Well, I think you have because we've been talking about this. So I think vicariously through us talking about it from time, I think we've planted some seeds. It's probably added to the work that you did years ago. But I reckon there's an element of, you know therapeutic intervention being weaved somehow through all of our discussions. Yeah. And yeah. And so so uh, can I, can I add another suggestion? Yes. If, if, and when I'm not going to jump to a conclusion and say you will encounter another spider, but if, and when you see another spider, maybe give it a name and start talking to it. So right. take it to the next level. I, I definitely, I haven't given them, I, I used to call them the devil's creature. Yeah, maybe maybe give maybe call it Jeff. Jeff. Yep. Jeff. Yeah, oh, yeah. hey Jeff, what are you up to? And Jeff's like, and then you, but you have to answer on Jeff's behalf, and you go, "Oh, morning, Ryan. I'm just uh, just heading from here over to that wall over there. I'm just gonna hang out over there and see if there's any flies." All right, I'll do the name. Oh, cool. I'll do the name because I was definitely doing yeah. the talking. The one that asked it outside, I'm like, "Did you want to go outside, mate? It looks like you're trying to get outside." All right, let me try yes. and open these curtains for you. But did you did you answer on his behalf as well? No, no, no. I've got no. to. I'm so gonna, that, that's that's. I'm going to add the name and I'm going to answer yeah. on his or her yeah. behalf. His or her behalf. Yeah. yeah. And and that'd be great. So and congratulations as well because 
I had a phobia of Ryan's stories and <laughs> gradually that is going away because they're actually improving. I think there was a, there was a, a decent one last episode. And no, well, the, no last episode I told you a story, but we weren't recording yet. And you're like, oh, you yeah. should have recorded that because you finally told a fucking <laughs> story that wasn't boring as hell. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. All right. Well, me and Nick are both getting <laughs> so over keep, our keep up the good work. Keep up the yeah. good work. Good okay. job. Thanks, mate. And it's, and it's just giving both of us these really feel-good chemicals in our brain, isn't it? It is. It is. Lovely segue, Nick. So let's talk about some of the feel-good chemicals in our brain because when we start to engage in activities as human beings um, compulsively, when we feel urges to do things, and for some people that can be uh, alcohol, drugs, it can be um, gambling, shopping, sex, uh, it can it can be smoking. It, smoking. It can be even you know if it gets to nine p.m. and I have this impulse, I need to go and buy a tub of ice cream from the shop, but I sit there and eat the whole bucket of, uh, bucket of ice cream. Um, what we're doing is we're not so much craving the thing outside of us, but we're craving these feel-good brain chemicals that are happening inside of us. And um, the thing is, where Dr. Joe Dispenza says that the greatest pharmacist in the world is our own brain. Um, and I love that because he talks a lot about the placebo effect and um, he's actually written a whole book called you are the placebo, which is so interesting. And, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, the medical industry, about 30% of, of healings or improvements in health are attributed to the placebo effect, which means what? It means that in a study, someone's been given something that isn't the actual medicine to help with their condition, yet because they think they, it is, their brain produces the exact set of chemicals that mimic what would be made in a pharmacy and goes throughout their body. It's, it's actually just quite incredible. Um, I'll, how put, that I'll put that down to being suggestible because, you know, if you tell someone, hey, you're okay, and they're open-minded and they're suggestible, like with hypnotherapy, it's, it's, it's just all about suggestions. And that's how people on a stage can roar like a lion every time they have a drink of alcohol. It's because, you know, the, the suggestion was implanted in their subconscious mind. So if we uh, – but, but, the, con- but the, the subconscious mind with that one in particular will after a while go, oh, hang on, I'm not a lion. I don't have pause or remain and blah, blah, blah. So I understand that it's irrational. But one like a suggestion like, hey, you're actually okay – it's it can it can take hold it can take effect so yep. yeah the placebo um, is very powerful I think it's so powerful and it just it just goes to prove that we can just internally and through different things these suggestible um, these suggestions but also things we're going to go through today this list of ten we can start to in a healthy way start to improve these these brain chemicals so let's talk about what they are there's there's many different neurotransmitters so neurotransmitters the, the actual name for for a brain chemical we'll call it um, they're not just located in the brain they're located all throughout our body um, but they're generally made um, a lot in the brain. So there's more than these four. We'll call these the, the famous four, even though there is more. We're talking about dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. And you can put opiates in the endorphins category as well, because they're a type of endorphin. So dopamine is our as our chemical for reward and motivation. Dopamine's what, you know, gets us moving, basically. You know, if you if you knock the dopamine receptors out of rats, then they will just sit there until they die. <laughs> you even if you put food right in front of them, they'll just sit there and starve to death because there's literally no motivation in their system to do anything and they will just die. So dopamine's what gets us moving, gets us gets us going. Serotonin is involved with our mood, also our sleep and our sexual desire. 
Oxytocin is the chemical for love and bonding. So oxytocin is a very important chemical, especially when mothers are bringing babies into the world, um, you know, through through breastfeeding and those kind of means massive amounts of oxytocin. They actually give, and this happened to Melissa to um, help induce birth. If things are going slowly, they inject the mother with oxytocin to help the birthing process start to, start to take hold. So oxytocin so is, is that where, connection and bonding. Is that where they suggest, you know, skin on skin contact with a mother and a child and yeah it's um i imagine you know just thought just popped in there then skin on skin contact as well in an adult relationship in in the boudoir perhaps um exactly yeah, hopping on the hopping on the good foot and doing the bad thing it's that <laughs> skin on skin contact that's skin on skin contact that that is what it's all that's what oxytocin is all about love bonding connection and the last mm. one's the endorphins or, or opiates which are pain relief um, and, you know, once again, if we think about a baby as well, the baby being held by the mother, not just um, oxytocin, but also opiate, you know, starts to get released into the system and, and, and those receptors start to form. Um, and that's why we find, you know, me working in the addiction space, you'll find a lot of people who had that lack of connection, whether the mother wasn't present or wasn't emotionally present, um, find themselves using heroin later in life because they're trying to find that opiate hit that they never got as a child. But that's that's a, probably a topic for another podcast. Where um, where, where would you put um, adrenaline? So adrenaline and cortisol, uh, you know, I wouldn't call them. F- they're they're not. They're not, f- call, they're not feel good you know, chemicals, you know, they're good in short bursts. They, they, mm. they mobilize us into action. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I think these four are the ones that we're chasing when we're looking at external means um, coming out. So adrenaline and cortisol um, produced in the adrenal glands, which are in the back, sort of just above the kidneys, I believe. Um, yeah, so that they're, they're more we find ourselves more in stress because adrenaline and cortisol are turned on as a society and not turned off. You know, we are mm-hmm. designed to release them in short bursts. That's why people do things like, you know, cold therapy and, and that kind of jazz to um, give them short bursts of adrenaline and cortisol, but I don't, we're not chasing them on a long-term basis uh, in my opinion. And we've spoken about how we're not addicted to external things. We're addicted to dopamine yeah, so that's that we're we're addicted to feeling good. We want that quick fix, that little, you know, it's like a hit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And me being a former methamphetamine addict, um, it, it, it releases 10 times more dopamine in the brain than the next highest drug, which is cocaine. So basically then, you know, everything seems important and everything is a good idea and you have motivation, even if what you're doing is fucking ridiculous. So it's, um, it's this, but, but on a more subtle level, this is what people are chasing. So this is what social media does. The whole reason that, you know, notifications. Well, and and advertising. That's right. It's all to stimulate these dopamine receptors in the brain, which creates a society which we live in now, which is very much based around immediate gratification. Yeah, it's like, what's that next thing I can do, take, experience that's going to give me that hit of dopamine in the brain. But once again, we're, just, we're looking for the hit uh, up here as opposed to the actual thing itself. So what happens when we're lacking in a lot of these neurotransmitters, we go searching for them. You know, if I have low levels of dopamine in my brain, I'm going to search for them. And like I said with the opiates, if we have low level of opiate receptors in the brain, we're going to search for it through external means. So we're going to talk about some natural ways that we can start to 
bring about these these neurotransmitters which have been shown by science and they might seem like really basic things and they are but if we start to incorporate these into our day-to-day life then we can start to naturally boost these transmitters which means we're going to stop searching externally through you know these vices that we start to use like you know the drugs alcohol all the stuff that we we explained like yeah gambling was a good one um you know you, you sort of after i said it mentioned because but if you take uh, FR, fMRI brain scans of someone gambling, it looks exactly the same as someone taking a drug. Yet gambling, I'm not ingesting anything, you know, but, but my brain is producing those same chemicals that are going on uh, uh, as a drug. And then we keep wanting that hit and that hit and that hit. Um, and that's why the gambling addict, it's not even about winning money. Like, cause people I've, I've worked with so many gambling addicts and they're pretty much say, it doesn't matter how much I win, I'll just keep going until I've got no I money. I want left. the next win. Yeah, well, even if they win you know, $2,000 in one spin or whatever, they won't just take that and be grateful for that and go, oh, cool, I've got two grand. They'll be like, I want more, I want more, I want more. Yeah, never ends. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a good photo um, for the, the graphic for this podcast. Hugging a tree. Beautiful. Yep. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that on the thumbnail because that's one that of was, uh, that's one of the ten points. That's a bloody yep. big tree, by the way. My lord. <laughs> so Em and I went down to uh, Tara Valley in Gippsland and went to the Tarabolga National Park. Yep. And Em Em loves walking, and but she she loves power walking, and so she right. had the couple of tracks that she wanted to do, and she wanted to. Do were you guys were you guys like um, Cal and Kath? With your lycra and your little weights, power walking, sticking your bum out? No? Nope. <laughs> okay, I just had a visual. It was really funny. Continue. No. Thanks. <laughs> we were just like Nick and them. And <laughs> I've got long legs. She's got short legs. And she wanted to do this 10K power walk. And, you know, obviously I got my knee injury from the army, so I've got to be mindful of what I do and the distance I go and whatnot. And... She took off and, and I started, they had these signs everywhere, like uh, teaching you about the rainforest and the plants and whatever. And not really consciously, maybe more subconsciously, I, I kept pulling her back and say, hey, Em, come and read this and come and read this. And then, oh, did you touch that? And all of a sudden she came back and slowed right down because she was with the Sultan of Still and... Um, she came right back and we only walked four kilometers in the same amount of time it would have taken us to walk the 10 Ks. And she said after she goes, I'm so glad we didn't do the 10 Ks because it just would have been skimming through it. Like we found these rad mushrooms. We took heaps of photos. We, we, we spoke about nature. We were deeply connected and involved. And there was a photo of me that she's got on her phone. And I'm just, my chest is out. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel good. And yeah. but it was like, you know, it was it was amazing. Such a yeah, and and so it was it was a, an amazing day of just experiencing these chemicals just from uh, the environment that we put ourselves in. 
Yeah, fantastic. One of them is nature. And so nature is shown to release oxytocin and serotonin. So out of those big four, so that bonding and that feeling connected. And it's funny, we've spoken about the book on this show. I've got it holding up my iPad here, the eight master lessons of nature. I keep, think, I keep thinking now though in my head, <laughs> see how my head works. Do you ever used to watch the wrestling, like the WWF? Yeah. I'm like, oh, is this follow-up book going to be the eight master lessons of the nature boy, Ric Flair? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> anyway that's that's the way my brain works anyway nature so oxytocin oh, and serotonin well it's amazing yeah that those two neurotransmitters are involved because i said to em as we we're going through i'm like oh yeah i've never had anyone that um, i've been able to walk with and i just love that i can do this with you and she goes oh i've never had a, a I've got friends I can do it with, but I've never had a boyfriend or a partner I can do this with. So yeah, it's great to be doing that with you. So those chemicals were coming out in, in the words that we were using. Fantastic. I love it. And that makes complete sense then, doesn't it? So nature, so go for a hike, go and soak up nature's energy and start to feel more connected and, um, and, and improve your well-being. So get out. But go slowly through it and touch the leaves. Like there's, yeah. oh, mate. And we're, we're looking at the different ferns, like it's a rainforest and, and we're, our minds were blown that we're in a rainforest in Victoria. Two types of rainforest, by the way, cold climate and warm climate. And well, yeah, we're just looking at the ferns and we're like, Oh, and this is hitch- this is hitching a ride with that, and this is dying. But none of it was, none of it was beautiful. It was all beautiful, even the rotting fern yeah. fronds, arm fronds were. You know, it was all just there was no judgment in there. It was just like this is awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's even beautiful as well. Like uh, I'd read about it before, but it was even in that the, the the book, the Master Lessons of Nature. How even underground through the mycelium, these networks of of fungi under the earth, like all of these plants are communicating with each other and sending each other nutrients. And some of the mm-hmm. like that that huge big tree that you just showed me the picture of, you know, mm-hmm. if it's really healthy and doing well, it'll send nutrients to some of the trees or plants that aren't doing that well. And I'm like, that's just incredible. Giving. Like. Giving. It's a community. But even even when it knows it's dying, it'll discharge all of its nutrients to everything around it before it topples over. Yeah, that's um, a stunning creature. That is just yeah, that's really beautiful. It was very it was very humbling being in the presence of these things. Like it was yeah, you know, which which is great to get rid of the ego because the ego loves some of these chemicals as well that we spoke about in last episode yeah was there any information like a plaque on that particular tree because i've just i've sometimes gone walks and i've loved to see how old some trees are because some of those trees um are hundreds and hundreds of years old and i'm just like wow this tree well, this tree's seen a lot Been uh a no the, there was the, the one that i stuck my chest out of that was the dinosaur tree the dinosaur tree and uh, so it was there when the dinosaurs no, Australia used to be connected. You could walk from Cape York, the top of Queensland, down to Antarctica. Right. You could walk from Cape York to Antarctica. It'd take a while, I wouldn't it? It would take a while, yeah. And the well, wheel well, wasn't in, the wheel wasn't invented then. So there was there was um yeah, at some point it was like all the continents were together and there was one landmass and it has a name. I think it's like Pan Pangea. Uh, yeah, I can't remember, but there was just one landmass before everything started sort of separating into the continents that we know now. But we're talking a very, very long... Yeah, Pangea, I believe it's called. Um, yeah. yeah, so there it is. Anyway, super, so, uh, super informative and there was... Uh, 
It's uh, oh, it's just although 75 meters tall, this immense tree is only two thirds the size of the largest recorded mountain ash, but it still stands as one of Victoria's oldest trees. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just yeah, it was stunning. Get down there. I can't recommend it enough. Beautiful, beautiful. So that's one yeah. of them. Getting out in nature. You know, we've become city Woo! slickers to an extent. <laughs> Get out with it. That's what you do when you're out there. You could do a little bit of nature boy, Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, okay, next one's exercise. Really, really obvious one. Exercise. Oh, can I guess them? Because I haven't read these. So I want to try. Oh, guess yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've, all, you've guessed nature straight away. Yeah. So. I, I would have guessed exercise. Okay. So let me Is just touch. The... We'll touch on exercise quickly before you try and guess yeah, the yeah. next one. Yeah, sure. So exercise can will actually can stimulate all of those famous four: serotonin, dopamine, endorphins, and oxytocin. Did you say exercise then or sexercise? Oh, sexercise! <laughs> I said I said exercise, but you know that's sex is a form of exercise. Depending yeah. on how you depending on how you do it, you know, depending on <laughs> who's who's on top, who's Star, doing, who's doing the work. Starfish. <laughs> um, get the body moving and you'll be swimming in these feel-good chemicals. Long-term cardio produces a lot of serotonin. Dopamine spikes during exercise, but then it does return back to normal afterwards. Um, and everyone knows that that you know runner's high, which, which is endorphins. Yeah, we're yeah. having endorphins, opiates released into the system, um, which gives that feel-good feeling. I don't think I've ever run far enough to get that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to represent the army me in run for running so i used to love running and it was yep. yeah just amazing the the feeling you'd experience afterwards was yeah, yeah on that high it was that natural high but i've had clients that um use the gym as a coping mechanism and they go mm. into the gym because they're, they're not smashing chocolate or they're not drinking mm. or whatever so but they're using they've got an unhealthy relationship with going to the gym yeah and this is like we've spoken about, like there's not, nothing, nothing is good nor bad, but our yeah. relationship well, to it determines that. So sex, it was, it, sex addicts. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, as soon as it goes past that healthy point, then it becomes obviously unhealthy. It so. becomes dysfunctional. It does. It does. All right, Nick, should choose the next one. Where, where, what else are you going to Yeah, do? well, I was, I, was, to I, was, go. I was cranking James Brown on the way here and I feel good. Are you, are you, have you looked at the list or not? Are you? No, I'm going with music. I'm, music. I'm, I'm, pretend, I'm pretending I'm on that, what was that, that game show? Uh, uh, the, per- perfect the match. No, <laughs> no where it's, you've got to reveal <laughs> the list of things. Um, family Feud. Family Feud. I'm going with music, Larry I'm, Emder. I'm, I'm Rob you Ruff. look like Larry. I'm going back to Rob Ruff. Like- I look Larry like Emder. Larry Do not Emder. look like Larry Emder. You look like Larry. He's more tan than I am. <laughs> and he's older, uh, he's older than me, but he looks younger than me. <laughs> uh, music is my next my next M- music is absolutely on the list. Uh, yes. oxytocin and dopamine. Um, music can help raise our vibration uh musical pleasure involves the brain's reward system and and dopamine is a key neurotransmitter within these structures so definitely music that we love does help us start to bathe in these transmitters and i guess that that music will be different for everyone Uh, a certain type of music for one person it won't for another person it will depending on our association to that music our tastes have you have you read about the research done with music and plants 
and they put on classical music for these plants and they put on death metal for these plants and the death metal plants didn't grow as well as the... I've read that this is probably a, I, I haven't, that sounds like a, um, a bit of an expansion on the water one, uh, Dr. Omoto. So if you're listening, go to YouTube, Dr. Omoto water experiment. And um, yeah, he, he would, he was, they must've oh, done the same uh, thing. Yeah. The, the water molecule, the, the, the structure. Yeah. So there's a crystal. It's a, the molecule of water is kind of like a crystal yeah. and you can, um, like a snowflake. It's like a, it looks like a snowflake kind of thing. And so, yeah, he, he would play different music for it and then freeze it and then take a picture of the water molecule and you should see the differences. And they even, even just put the words love and the word hate next to these two water molecules. And one looked like this just beautiful, like something sacred geometry, kind of beautiful crystal. The other one was all dark and messed up and it was barely a shape. Um, they would, yeah, I really encourage people to look it up. And this is the same thing with plants that, um, a lot of uh, gardeners, I'm not much of a green thumb myself, but I've spoken about the way they, they speak to their crops and, and mm. that kind of thing. And people go, you're fucking crazy. But, you know, that our intention has an effect on matter. What the, what's his name? Dr. what? Emoto. Uh, Emoto. I-M-O-T-O. Yeah. E-M-O-T-O. Yeah. yeah. He's done a rice experiment. He's done water crystals. Yeah. Yep. Um, so on that, humans are 70% water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I believe. So if I speak to Ryan with love, my words, my energy, my everything is impacting on his, on the water within him of which he's 70% made up of. So exactly. Yeah. We, we really do need to be mindful of the words we use with people. Yeah, and also the words we use to ourselves. Because like if yeah. you imagine we've got the, the, the love and the hate and, those, and when you watch it on YouTube, you'll see the water crystals. And imagine if I'm telling myself I hate myself all day versus I love myself all day, then, you know, like you said, we're made up of mostly water and what, of course it's going to have an effect on us. If you're running that internal dialogue, it's just, it's going to, and then you're walking around with the expectation that I should be happy, I should be feeling good. But that's not unconscious, but subconsciously you're like, I'm shit, I'm so high, I'm the worst ever, I'm such a dickhead. It's, yeah, you're just going to compound it and create it even, oh, yeah. Not good, man. Okay, that's, that's cool. I'm going to. What's your next, what's, what's your next guess? Uh, obvious one would be food because yes, of, yes. Because <laughs> I had I had I had an amazing meal with Emily the other night for our anniversary, and yeah, we we had a it contributed to to both of us feeling very much in love. And 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 once again, you know, food is is wonderful. Food's something we obviously have to eat all the time, and and sometimes our relationship with food can get dysfunctional. So there's certain types of foods which are actually more beneficial long term for for building these things. Because like I said, the tub of ice cream will give me a short little hit of of dopamine, but long term it's not great for me. So if we think about, let me have we've got a little bit of a list here of different foods that can help. Um, folic acid, vitamin B6, magnesium and zinc, uh, tyrosine. So we're talking about foods like almonds, avocados, pumpkin, sesame seeds. Um, for oxytocin, dark chocolate. So not, not the chocolate, which is full of sugar. Mm. Um, a really dark, nice dark chocolate will help with oxytocin. Um, 
spicy foods for endorphins um, or even endorphins, just any comfort food as well that you enjoy. Um, normally that, and that happens depending on our association when we're, when we're younger, you know, my mum used to make My association with food changed. I used to love chocolate and now I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth whatsoever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have what I was as a child is much different to what I am as an adult. Yeah. But that, but also the chocolate we eat as a child is, is generally milk chocolate, which is kind of, 70 well, percent it, it was all sugar it was it was cake it was yeah um donuts it was i don't eat any of that now so, yeah well that's and then that's great and that, and that's a testament to our here you go do you know what contributed to it i think what's that i got caught stealing a pack of peanut m&ms once did you yeah and i i what, don't from know a, if from, that... from a corner shop or something yeah 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 so I, I I don't know if that changed my path or yeah. whatever because I was like sugar bad you know it's trouble it's it's yeah that's interesting that's interesting yeah possibly and then when you do stop then your taste buds start to change I think we've spoken yeah, about this on a podcast before I think in four weeks you can, your taste buds can literally change and that's why you know when I used to when I was younger like in my early twenties and I had a coffee I'd have like two sugars in it. But if you gave me a coffee with two, one sh- half a sugar now, I'd be like, oh, what the hell is this? It's so sweet, you know, because the, our taste buds are constantly changing. So when we talk about food, just think whole foods. Yeah, mm. just think whole foods. Something clo- as, as close as, as we unprocessed, unprocessed as possible. As possible. So food's definitely on there. Food can definitely help us. And yeah, if you're going to get chocolate, get the, get the good dark stuff. All right, Nico, what's your next guess? I'm just thinking, when do I feel my best? And I actually did a blog on this uh, myself, I think. Um, meditation, I feel great. Is that on the list, Ryan? Meditation is on the list. Survey says. Survey <laughs> <laughs> yes. says, ding. Yes. Deep, deep, awesome. deep rhythmic breathing, which is often a part of meditation, stimulates oxytocin and uh, serotonin and mindfulness tend to go hand in hand as well. And that's one of the things we're doing when we're meditating. We're trying to become mindful of what's going on. So yes, definitely uh, meditation. Also endorphins have been shown to be released during meditation. So meditation is a big one. Connected with meditation and the breathing cycle, I would next go with sleep. Yes, sleep is on there, directly above it. Hang. Hang. <laughs> Lost count. How many are we up to? I don't know, but we'll keep going. There's still a, there's still a few to oh, go. The, 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 the pressure's on now. I'm starting to feel nervous. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so sl- sleep is uh, getting proper sleep is very good for our serotonin levels. Serotonin and sleep are linked because serotonin is actually a precursor for melatonin and melatonin is our levels would help us sleep. And so, you know, advice here is, you know, turning off devices an hour before you go to bed. Um well, a lot well, of us preparing yourself for sleep, preparing a sleep for routine. Sleep. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because see what happened where we evolved without all these artificial lights. And so as the sun went down, our melatonin levels would start to creep up and then creep up to a point where we just, you know, we went off to sleep. 
And then in the morning when the sun comes up, all of a sudden that actually produces cortisol is actually what wakes us up. This is a good use of cortisol, um, wakes us up. But now we've got all this artificial light. We've got laptops, we've got phones, we've got TVs. So we're being bombarded with light, which is suppressing our melatonin levels. And a lot of people are having trouble sleeping. And it's a bit of a vicious cycle because then if I have shitty sleep, my serotonin is affected, which means I have shitty sleep again. And you know we get caught in this, in this roundabout. So yeah, having a sleep routine where we turn screens off, um, you know, a lot of us are deficient in magnesium, taking a, an Epsom salt bath or that kind of thing. I take magnesium tablets before sleep. Do you? Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Magnesium yep. Is, is, is very relaxing. And, and like I said, we're, most of us are deficient in, in that particular mineral. Uh, I had a friend who was struggling with sleep and he got those blackout curtains. Mm-hmm. And then he got a, uh, instead of having his phone in his room and an alarm clock and all this stuff, he, he got one of those lamps that is like sunlight and, and it can't, it, when he wants to wake up, the lamp slowly starts to get brighter and brighter. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and he said his sleep quality improved dramatically. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I might even look into that because for people who do like to get up early when it's still dark, it's something like that's fantastic. Um, yeah. I've heard people as well who have like their, their their blackout curtains are set on a timer and they'll automatically start coming up and letting mm. the sunlight in and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, mm. I, I, I like that because, yeah, I find myself as, you know, even getting up with – you know, the alarm going off and it's still dark. It is a bit tough as well because, yeah, it's still – and the room here I've got is fantastic. It is so dark. Like, it's literally pitch black, which is which is great. But you know how I'm the Segway king? Yeah. Sunlight is my next one. You fucking read this. I'm telling you, mate. Survey says sunlight is on the list. <laughs> Now, yeah, so- I, 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 I'm at the end here, so my next one, I'm probably not going to get it. So. Well, let's, it might, as we talk about sunlight, it might come to yeah. you, right? It might come okay. to you. Okay, all right. Um, so sunlight. So one thing, especially in Australia, you know, Australia has had in the past a high incidence of skin cancer, okay? Because of yeah. that, um, there's oh. a massive pushback you know the the slip slop slap campaign for those who aren't in australia the slip slop slap campaign means put sunscreen on your body all the bloody time every time you go outside or you're going to get skin cancer basically become like a a vampire who's become a day walker by coating (laughs) lathering himself in sunscreen yeah and and the sun's most sunscreen the chemicals in those are known to be carcinogenic as well which is (laughs) i find i find bloody hilarious so Uh. Sunlight, um, and we're not talking going out and just getting burnt to a crisp every day, but sunlight is very, very good for you. For you, Not only does it give you hits of serotonin and oxytocin, it gives you vitamin D3. It is the best way that we absorb vitamin D3. And a massive amount, up to 80%, they say, of people in Australia are deficient in vitamin D3. <laughs> vitamin D3 it's is so also... Weird. It's so weird. I know. It's so weird. And so it's like you said, we've become these vampires who are like, oh, I've got to protect myself from the sun, you know? <laughs> um, and we're missing out on so much of this good stuff that we need by being overprotective of the sun. So getting a healthy amount. Um, and then if you're worried about it, a healthy amount either in the morning or at night when the sun isn't as harsh, but we need to, well, to start to bathe even, in some sunlight. Don't even look at how hot it is. Look at the UV because the UV is what actually gets to us so mm. uh, you know 
being um, amazing golfers as you and I are, we, we were outside in, in all sorts of weather. And I don't know how many times I've come home burnt on a really overcast day. And it's just simply because of the UV factor, because it's down in Australia, you know, we've got this lovely hole in the ozone layer above us. So, um, yeah. The, no the, no the, buffer there. No buffer. And for our friends in the UK, what we're talking about is this big orange gaseous <laughs> star in the sky. It's called the sun. Um, and it, it emits all these really nice things that our bodies need and the plants need and everything. It's, if you get on an airplane and get through the cloud above your country, you may see this thing that we call the sun. And that's what uh, I, well, when I was in London back in 2013, a while ago now, I was there at a lucky time when it was literally, my friend had lived in London for a long time. He goes, mate, this is the best stretch of weather we've had in the 10 years I've been here. And you should have seen everybody out in Hyde Park, just shirts mm-hmm. off, soaking up the sun. Everyone's as happy as hell. Um, it was, uh, and, yeah, really, really interesting. And then there's sunburnt for the next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I lived there for two and a half years in early 2000s. Yeah. And I was living in a, I lived mainly along the, the south coast. And I was in Bournemouth. And uh, the, the newspaper was like, um, Britain's biggest heat wave in over 100 years. And I think it was like 32 degrees yeah. for three days straight. <laughs> and all the palms are out. And the pub that night, it was just, it was like, oh, can I, can I have a beer and some water? And they were just pink, like they were just beetroot red. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and I'm sure did you experience in the winter that kind of more depressed vibe yeah, and everything and, you know, short days like people, you know, going to work and it's dark and coming home and it's in, dark. In the, and, in the Nordic countries, um, you know, it's, it's you know, in, in the UK and places where there is low levels of sunlight, it's, um, yeah, depression, you know, weather depression. I can't remember the, the name of it. Um, Season, sad, seasonal affective disorder. That's the one, yeah. Um, is is very prevalent. Yeah, so it's like in Australia, we've kind of gone the other way and we've become so protective of the sun because of this skin cancer thing. It's like, once again, well, we just need to yeah, find some balance. Response. Yeah, exactly. Response, exactly. So, yeah, so sunlight is, is, is super, super important. And um, uh, after you get some sunlight also, uh, I believe don't shower for at least an hour otherwise you're going to you won't absorb the vitamin d3 as yeah. much as, as as you would like wash wash the chemicals off yes okay nico all right so what have we got we've done, run through, run we've through, done run through the list we've done exercise food sunlight nature music sleep meditation there's three to go mm. One, one of them, um, we've, um, one of them we've kind of talked about, but not quite. I'm clutching at straws here, so I'm just taking a poo. <laughs> it's survey, but says, a good one. Like survey a good one. says, oh. <laughs> I was I reckon, like, I I reckon that would though. I reckon. I felt like Steve Stricker, you know, in in the PGA event when he was standing over the putt to to shoot fifty nine. I was just like, I was all nerves and everything. Getting the yips. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Next one is learning something new. Okay, so challenging ourselves. You could have given me a clue. Oh no, learning. (laughs) 
<laughs> Challenging ourselves with a new skill or endeavor can help regulate our dopamine. Okay. This can involve learning a new instrument, a new language, any type of new skill. You know, you've heard me on the podcast. Self regulation. Self. What is this? Management. Self regulation. Self regulation. Yeah, exactly. Intelligence. Because what happens, we get, as, as we get older, we get very rigid, you know, especially when we hit around the age of 30. <laughs> Not in that way, Nick. Um, but that's a, that, 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 that's, a, that's a clue. That's a clue for one of the other ones on the list. Um, <laughs> so we, we keep getting, we're in our patterns. We get so ingrained in our patterns that we just keep doing the same shit over and over again. And we don't challenge ourselves to learn something new. You know, we've spoken about in the podcast before I'm learning Muay Thai at the minute. And I actually was chatting to my, my master Dow then. And I said, look, I just, he said, when you get back to Australia, you'll be ready to fight. You can have a fight. I'm like, Oh, I don't know, mate. Um, but I'm so I said I'm really enjoying learning a new skill. Like it's just it, it's fantastic, you know. And um and this can be anything. Like it like it says, you know, a new language, a new a, a musical instrument. Like I never learn an instrument. Um, I, I actually am interested in learning how to sing. Um, at some point, and so that might be next on my list. But it's just maybe get some lessons off Shane. Is can he sing? No. <laughs> Why would I get lessons off Shane then? <laughs> I don't know. He likes it. We're playing music in the background on, on Spotify yeah. on the TV here and he's just sitting right up there doing some work and he just always will start singing. I'm like, mate, they're doing a great job. You don't need to add. <laughs> You're going to give them a complex. You're going to think that they're not doing well enough. But They're going they to give are, Shane but... a complex. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. So, oh, we'll stop. <laughs> so learning something new so if you're listening and you feel like you haven't learned something new or you're like oh i wish i had to learn to play the guitar oh, i wish i had to learned to do this but now i'm 40 years old and it's too late bullshit it's not too late if you're 70 years old it's not too late you know we can always learn something new and it's so good for our brain health to learn something new you want to think about one of the the things they talk about, obviously, Alzheimer's and dementia being a big issue for older people right now. One of the great things to ward off that is by continually learning and using your brain. Because if you don't lose it, if you don't lose it, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's The brain's a muscle like our biceps. Well, you know? what, what actually happens when we learn a musical instrument, we're creating hundreds of thousands of neurological pathways. So the average person who stays in their comfort zone and doesn't really get out there and learn anything will, for the sake of this, say have 5 billion pathways, but a musician will have 9 billion pathways. So when a brain disease comes along and attacks the brain, it's got a far An easier greater target. Well, no, it's got a defence mechanism where it's got billions more pathways. So the... Um, Amnesia and, and dementia and everything will get won't be as severe in people with more neurological pathways because they've got a healthier brain. It's it's got many more pathways. So uh, yeah, and and it's a like I'm a drummer. I, I play the drums as a as a hobby. So I'm constantly trying to learn 
energy beats or you go develop limb independence you you try being a drummer and you've got to split your body into quarters and this has to be doing something different to this and that's doing something different to that and you can feel your mind stretching and hurting it's like this growing pain inside your head and you're like ah, but then all of a sudden you nail it and you're like oh and it's like and, and what's pro- that and what's that feeling it's yeah, the well, it's, it's the that we're talking about. Totally. And it's the protein shooting down that new neurological pathway that it was created. And all of a sudden you're in the groove and you're like, and it's like, I achieved. I, I achieved it. It's, it's, yeah. It feels good. Yeah. It does. I, I, had it the, I, I had it the other day. We, we started sparring me and Dad in. And, um, it's it's a, it's a whole teaching of not like flinching or turning away, which is really hard when someone's trying to kick you or punch you in the head. It's really and, and especially after you've kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was my story <laughs> from last week that I didn't record. <laughs> Kick my teacher in the nuts, um, and uh, and it's like yeah, it was funny because what he'd do, he because he could throw fakes and everything, and and if he threw a first fake, I could just block and not flinch and then you throw a second and i'll be right but the third one my brain it's just all new information so i couldn't help but turn away or that kind of thing but then this week i finally got it and i didn't flinch and i ended up you know being able to get him back and then like the same feeling with the drums you're like fuck yeah how good is this i thought i couldn't do this two weeks ago now i can do it like and this yeah. is what we do as human beings and, and guys guys we're bloody stubborn and we just keep doing the same shit over and over again so never have if you ever have that thought oh i wish i had learned this when i was younger fucking do it now like don't just because you'll be saying the same thing in 10 years wish i did that when i was younger when you could have spent that 10 years doing it that's amazing how many people have mentioned like oh you know young young people especially i wish i had to start an apprenticeship when i was 16 or 17 you know i'd be qualified by now i'm like I can start it now then. Yeah. So the version of you in four years doesn't have the capacity to say, I wish I'd have started, you know, when I was 21. Just get into it and do it. Get into it and do it. I think – uh, So and I'm just thinking about my hobbies and, you know, playing golf as well. Golf is, is not a game of perfect, so always trying to improve and develop on golf as well. So that's a healthy hobby. Drumming, gardening is a healthy hobby. It's it's all learning. It's all being present. It's all being very mindful. They're, they're very meditative activities. And, and um, the thing is now with, with, with the online world that we live in, you can literally learn anything that you want at the touch of your keyboard. You know, you can jump on somewhere, you know, like Udemy or one of these courses. And there's literally courses on like how to raise goats in a certain climate. Like you can literally niche down that you'll find someone in the world who's interested in what you are and you can learn about it. And um, which, which is absolutely beautiful. You know, I, I did, the, I did this course on critical thinking um, and it, it cost me like 20 bucks. And this guy's like, I was a professor at one of the top universities in America for like 25 years and taught critical thinking. And I was able to learn from his information for like 20 bucks online. It's like, you know, don't, don't put off doing this stuff. No, man. I've always had an interest in what to do with three years worth of toenail clippings. And I was there for, for ages and I just jumped on YouTube and there was this dude. Did you make a sculpture? 
this dude in the Ukraine and he just taught us how to boil them down and, and oh, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> sick. I'm dead sick. going to be sick. I, just, I, imagined, I always imagine Seinfeld references when we're talking, but I remember when, when Kramer made the Fusilli Jerry, he made a little thing of Jerry out of Fusilli pasta and I was just imagining you making a sculpture of yourself or me out of your toenail clipping. <laughs> toenail Ryan. <laughs> get, it, get it for my birthday or something. I'm like, oh, thanks. No, I'll start, I'll start sticking pins in it. It's like a oh, voodoo. voodoo doll. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, we've got two more. Mm. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with a, doing a healthy hobby. Would that be on the list? Um, look, I think that might go covered under learning something new. Yeah, um, right. Okay, so one, one of them, one of them I don't think you're going to get. It's really basic and um, something to help with overwhelm for people. Ooh, the other, the okay. other yeah, yeah. Yep. Give me some clues. Give me some, it helps with overwhelm. Helps Compartmentalizing. With uh, yeah, it's a way of doing this, but it's, you're doing a, an activity. Um, to do list. Yes. Yes, list making. Okay. Oh, see that? I had to be. I had to be right then. I had to be perfect. I had you to be did? right. That no, was look a, at the relief. There's the three amigos coming out there. Look at the relief. They just popped oh, their head oh. up and back down. Oh, I had to be right. Um, so list making. List making actually uh, releases dopamine in our brain. A lot of people struggle with overwhelm because we have all these ideas of things that we need to do in our head and because we think it's too much for us to handle in whatever time we have we go into overwhelm and overwhelm prevents us more from doing the things that we uh, need to do or fulfilling our obligations so something yeah, as simple like the truth mm-hmm. you can't handle the truth Sorry, that was there. I, had to take it. I had to take it so simply so simply i used to do this um you know when we had the the set the physical center and there was you know a lot of shit for me to do every morning but i'll do it every night actually the night before for the next day and just write down the list and prioritize each one and then i knew exactly what i had to do and it's funny because when you write it down and it's out of your head you can see that it's, it's actually way less overwhelming than you thought it was what are you showing us there? For everyone uh, not watching on YouTube, Nick is showing me on his phone, home to-do home list, to do list, work to-do work list. To do list. Def- Defender to-do list. So is that the car? Yeah, it's my truck. There you go. So you're, you've got a little you know, system on your phone going on. So all it does is you're just dumping this stuff out of our brain into our phone or onto a bit of paper. And then what happens... As soon as I say, well, hey, when my number one priority today was to, you know, blah, 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 get a gym workout in and I've done it, bang, when you tick that Check. off, dopamine uh. in the brain. Yeah? And we start to feel accomplished as a human being instead of being overwhelmed and then not accomplishing it and then beating ourselves up. So it's like we're doing a positive cycle or a negative cycle here. So list making is so simple, but it's a, some, such a simple thing that we can do. I think Jim Rohn says whatever's easy to do is also easy not to do. So list making probably falls in that category. Yes. Uh, what it also does though is – I, lo- I love expressions that are very literal. So when you said some, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm on top of things. That means they've prioritized themselves and they're in a position where they are then choosing how they manage what they have to do. Where you say, how are you feeling? So I'm like, oh, I feel shit. I just feel like everything's on top of me. It's like they're not in the driver's seat. They're not managing. And another one of those literal expressions is I've got to get it out of my system. 
Mm. And it's so true. You know, I've just, I've been thinking of something, someone said something last week or last month and it's still bugging me and I've just got to get out of my system. That's why journaling is so good because it literally removes it from your system. And mm. once it's out of it, the system is free to flow again. It blocks the chakras up. It blocks the energy channels up. And just, yeah, another one on journaling, I, I encourage people if it's something that you do or you're looking into is to like be really um, honest and irrational. And, uh, you know, especially if we're dealing with someone you're angry at, I always tell them, don't, don't try and be rationally write out what's going on, write out what you're actually feeling. You oh, know, yeah. it's like if I write out like I want to fucking punch that cunt in the face and I want to blah blah blah. <laughs> like, you know, be be real with yourself. Cause if that's what's happening in your system, you know, and you want to get it out of your system like you were talking about, then write that down. Like what what would I do to this person if there were no consequences? That's something I, I encourage people to do when we're working with anger. Because so many men that I this is a this is actually a good topic for another podcast is anger. We as a society have suppressed and repressed anger to such a point that it is just stewing in people's systems, especially men, and we don't know what to do with it. Um, but one thing I'll get men to do is to say, if there was no consequences, what would you do? So, oh, I don't want to say it. It's like, okay, it's going to stay in there if you don't want to say it. It's mm. like, you know, I want to rip their fucking head off. It's like, good, be real. You're not going to do it. But if that's what you're feeling, get that out. Get that out of your system. When remember when I rang you and I was a spud when Em and I first I do started dating and, yep. and I was a complete emotional retard. Yep. I had no access to my functions and your prefrontal yeah. cortex was a no go zone. And I, I was just I I couldn't speak, and I was. You know, I was so triggered, so heightened all the time. I just, I just did brain dump after brain dump after brain dump, and just got it all out of the system. I knew that I couldn't control what was going on, and I was, I was triggered on a deeper level because it took me back to where I was, you know, before I did all my work. I'm like, this feels very similar. So I had this association. I'm like, have I regressed? Have I reverted back to there? Am I going to not be able to leave my house and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just kept writing and writing and writing. And then I wouldn't go back over it until a few days later when I was slightly back to being present. And I'd read it with my logical one and I'd just piss myself laughing. And I'm like, oh, Oh, the headspace that I was in and even talking to you, I, I knew I could observe myself being so highly rational, but you're just not capable of doing anything about it. Yeah. It's like you're in, I'm, I'm in my amygdala, I'm in my emotional body, but then like you're saying, you just kept like brain dumping and brain dumping. It's like, let that part speak. Let the amygdala speak. Let all these, let the fear speak, the anger speak, the sadness speak. Like let it all have a voice and come out. Cause like you said, I love those literal sayings as well. And you know, people saying, I just need to get this out of my system. It's like, all right, well take action on getting it out of your system. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. it's going to stay in there. Do that. And then, and then Do the problem that. is if we don't, uh, then, then, then we take action um, based on being in those parts of our brain and body. And then we, we start to do things that we regret. Yeah, well, we're not our authentic self. It's our emotions that are talking or acting and mm. people are interacting with. So, yeah, I think let, let's do a podcast uh, on anger next. 
Excellent, excellent. Uh, okay, so that was list making. That's a that's like a really actionable one. Just a list, and then just like because I always used to say at the center, <clears throat> I'd have the list the night before and just prioritize them like one, two, three to eight or whatever. And I'd just be like, if I get if I get two done, I'm gonna be give myself a pat on the back. Any more than that's a bonus, you know. Because you don't have to get everything on the list done. Just 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 let yourself let yourself off the hook. Start by making the better one. Oh, guess what I've been doing with clients just as. Little yeah. segue. What's that? You know, you know when you you step out of sleep into that semi-conscious state, mm-hmm. and and you're you're in between waking and sleeping. Mm-hmm. So you, you you become aware of your awareness and the things around you, but you're, you're not completely back yet. Yeah, I've been suggesting to clients to play around with this concept of. Don't just open your eyes. Make the f- the first thing you do is to consciously open your eyes. So, right, I'm aware. I'm aware that I have eyelids. I'm aware that I have muscles in these eyelids that open and close and contract and expand and fill and drain of energy. And so I'm going to choose to open my eyes. And it's like just an instantly empowering way to start the day instead of just just falling mindlessly into the day. It's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna set myself and I'm gonna make a decision. The very first thing I do is gonna make a decision. Yeah. And that and you're in that state as well. That's the most suggestible state that uh that theta totally. brainwave um at that yep. time. I actually had this idea of an invention because when we're in that theta brainwave, we're the most suggestible and our brainwaves are obviously fluctuating fluctuating throughout the day. It was after I borrowed the Muse headset off you. Um <laughs> Because the Muse headset, you obviously wear and it can measure the brainwaves to a certain extent. And while you're meditating, it'll give you feedback as to how calm um, the brain is. Mm. You know, I had an idea to kind of take that to the next level where you'd wear it. It'd be like a cool accessory. Like, I don't know if it'd be like a headband or sunglasses that went around. Anyway, it would measure your brainwaves 24-7. But then whenever throughout the day or whenever your brain dipped into a theta brainwave, it would start um, suggesting through like an ear pod or something. You, are, it, you are amazing. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, are, yeah, yeah. You can do it. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I was going to call it the, the automatic dehypnotizer. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been playing around with that. We're actually, instead of usually with the Muse headband, we'll just sit clients down and close your eyes and focus on your breath. But we've been using it for active meditations mm-hmm. and um, – Shane got given one by his partner, fiance, soon to be wife, um, for Christmas. And so he's got one at home and he put it on her while they were driving down the Great Ocean Road and just to, just to see what her brain would do down there. So it's, yeah, we're, we're taken into, you know, slow walking meditations and more people are juggling and it's really cool just to see the, the feedback people get yeah, from Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of the... Um... Less with brainwaves, but now there's a lot of wearables coming out, like the aura ring and that kind of thing, where we're measuring um, heart rate variability, which can be a sign of vagal tone. And we're in that 24 hours a day and getting feedback on sleep and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I find all that stuff, you know, pretty interesting. Yeah. Knowledge is power, but too much knowledge can be disempowering. So exactly. Just, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just be careful. All right, what's, the, what's the last one? Okay. Uh, Clue me. Give me a clue. It's it's to do with oxytocin. 
Um, oh, woo, touching, hugging. hugging. Nikar, survey says, yes, that is it. Hugging a loved one. Hugging releases oxytocin, okay? Um, but almost as good as hugging is you can even imagine yourself being hugged or cuddled by someone you love and your brain will start to release oxytocin. So once again, I mean, the subconscious mind doesn't know what's real or what's vividly imagined. Obviously, the real thing's better, but even just thinking about um, being held by a loved one can start to bring those feelings on. Um, we are social creatures, you know, mammals are social creatures. We've evolved that way. And it's no wonder that we get rewarded chemically um, by touch. Um, especially the so I was just, I was just imagining most. our last hug before you went to Thailand. Oh, let me think about it. That was a long time ago, Nick. Mm, but it was it was a warm embrace. It, it wasn't, was. It wasn't, I've had to teach you not to not to man hug by back slapping. It's just hold the heart. And, yeah, yeah. I like a good man hug though. You know, you know, yeah, get it in there. Yeah. Now, also <laughs> for for the um, the extra hit. If you can hug for thirty seconds minimum, um, is is the best. That's that, that's been tested uh, as to how much it released. So that's a that's a long hug. If unless unless you want to maybe let the other person know, otherwise it'll be it can get a bit awkward. Imagine like you're catching up Social with someone awkwardness. for the second time ever, and then you go for the hug and you just don't let go for thirty five seconds, and then you start whispering in their ear. I've read the research on this. Can you feel the oxytocin? I can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing Kramer doing that now, you know, just, just going past that point of awkwardness and just writing it. So next, oh. let's, so next time you hug, you know, your partner or a family member or something and just, just give them a hug and then hold it for 30 seconds, you know, and, and just yeah, obviously it's a great, like I said, we are, when, when we evolved from reptiles to mammals, we started to develop these networks in our brain for social connection. And part of that social connection is touch. You know, if you uh, have spooning a spooning at night's so good because you're spooning for longer than 30 seconds. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's a little bit morbid to talk about, but, you know, a baby, when they're born, you, they did these tests, they did them in Russia or something. But um, if you give that baby everything that it needs to live nutritionally wise, but they don't get any physical touch, they will die. Sounds um, like Russia. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so, so physical touch is important. I remember we actually spoke about this um, back when Melbourne were first going into lockdown and, and like you at the time, Nick, were living by yourself and there's obviously a lot of other people and it's like, you know, we're missing that physical touch, um, not allowed outside and getting sunlight. And now they're showing the link between vitamin D3 and the ability to fight off COVID-19, right? It's like, well, let's lock people away from sunlight. I don't want to get into that debate, but I'm just saying, you know, they, these things are very, very important. So hugging a loved one um, is important. And it doesn't, if you don't have a significant other, then just a close friend. I've had some great hugs with close friends. Um, so let's, let's go and hug a loved one in nature whilst it's sunny. Let's, let's no, first we'll make a list on the, we'll put it on our list. We're going to hug a loved one today. Then we're gonna we're gonna hug them, and then whilst we're holding that hug, we're gonna talk about the new thing that we're learning, the new skill. Mm. We're also gonna be in a meditative state during mm. the hug. Mm -hmm. We might fall asleep. 
bugging each other. <laughs> We're going to have our favourite music playing in the background. So a bit of nice. tool, bit of tool. Nice. Um, we're going we're to be out in nature. So we're going to be next to some beautiful trees out in the, and, and in sunlight. And we're going to be just munching on a bit of food uh, whilst we're doing it. And we're going to be jumping up and down because getting exercise. It sounds like my kind of day. Yeah, that's all you have to yeah. do, everyone. So that's it. Look, I'll be and, for that. And look, the more that we naturally boost these famous four, these, these neurotransmitters, the less that we're going to look for vices, yeah, because we're going we're gonna to feel less deficient in them because whatever we feel deficient in, it's a natural human instinct to try and fulfill that need the best way that we know how. So here are some new ways to do it that can fill the ways that maybe haven't been so healthy for you up until this point. But also, Ryan, also my esteemed colleague and friend, it's going to shift your focus away from losing weight and away from all these negative things. It's just going to focus on my well-being. You know, mm. The first fundamental in MindFit is priorities, prioritizing you so you're in the best shape to be there for other people. Uh, we break you down. It's a mental, physical, nutritional. Uh, mental, we incorporate spiritual. Um, so, you know, in that list, you, you're touching on all three of those things significantly, your, your mental health, your physical health, your nutritional health, uh, and your wellness is going to increase your well-being. Your being will be well if you do all of these things. So a natural byproduct of that is, you know, you feel better. When you feel better, you don't want the junk food. You don't want the alcohol. You don't want all the crap. So you're going to lose those extra kilos, the love handles. You're going to feel better when you're putting your old pair of pants on that suddenly fit again. So it's just going to have this really positive ripple effect. Absolutely. My, my esteemed colleague and friend, Nick, thank you for that. <laughs> I just wanted to go a, bit, go a bit into that space for some reason. Then. I'm not sure that I've ever been called an esteemed colleague. So that felt no, great. me neither. So that's, why, that's, that's, what I, that's what I bring to the relationship, Ryan. <laughs> All right. I hope, listeners, you took something out of that. Uh, start to incorporate um, whatever you can in your day-to-day life. But, um, you know, I think that... Uh, these famous four are very, very important to our overall well-being, and that's what we want. And I think, like you said, Nick, we're, we're, it creates this positive ripple effect, which makes us more happy. That bloody stupid H mm. word that everyone's looking mm. for. This is how you do it. Mm. This is how you do it. <laughs> this, this is how you do it. All right, let's finish up there. Right. Um, if yeah. Shane, if Shane sings worse than that, then I feel sorry for you, Nick. That's how we do it. It's a Friday night. It is Friday. (laughs) Woo. Woo. That's your boy. Uh, All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Peace Peace out. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.